listening to episode two of Daisy Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Saturday, March 11th. So we have a lot to talk about in this episode. I know. Our, this is what happens agenda when we like, is... take a month between episode one and I two. Know. Turns out a lot of stuff happens. There's a lot of stuff we want to talk about. Talk about. So we're going to, I think, get right into it. Um, so first, the first piece, this is my piece of news. Yes. Because <laughs> I have such mixed feelings about this. But um, Jason Isaacs, who plays Lu- Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter series, um, is going to be the captain for the new Star Trek show. So I know there's been some disappointment because the assumption was that we were going to get a show with the focus of a female captain. Um, and I'm I'm not super familiar with the show, really, but... I do love Jason Isaacs. I do too. And I'm so this yeah, so the like the whole background is they may they did tell us that the focus of the show would be a woman, but it's not gonna be the main character it's not gonna be uh, the captain. So the focus of the show is the first officer, and I forget who's playing her, but she is a woman. And I'm pretty sure a person of color as well. Yes. So that's exciting. But I would have loved for, I like, I was talking about it on Twitter and I'm like dis-excite. Like I'm disappointed and excited because on one hand, Lucius Malfoy on Star Trek and he will do so well. He's just so good and I'm excited He's at so the prospect good. of him being a good guy. Because yeah, he consistently the- plays like not good guys. <laughs> But the flip side of that is I do, I would have loved to see, you know, a, you know, some sort of like a woman or a person of color or both um, as a captain, another Star Trek captain. But that being said, that doesn't mean I'm not excited. And I think it's, I actually think it's very good casting. It's, you know, so. Jason Isaac. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I mean, yeah. he's already been a captain. How not? He's Captain Hook. He's great. Was he? Yeah. Oh, he's Captain Hook in... Um, my favorite version of Peter Pan, (laughs) which is this like 2003 live action version of Peter Pan, which is amazing. And I've literally seen so many times. I like know it by heart. I have never even heard. Oh my God. It's outstanding. He plays. What's it called? It's called Peter Pan. Oh, no way. I think I have seen that. It's like, I think I saw it. It came out in 2003. Jason Isaacs plays, um, Mr. Darling and Captain Hook as his traditional. Uh, and he's such a good Captain Hook. I bet. I bet he is. Yeah, so I'm excited. I am excited about that. I don't want to be, like, a downer. I am excited about this casting. And there's been a lot of speculation, like, how can the main character... Because traditionally, the captain has always kind of been the main character mm-hmm. of Star Trek. So there's been a lot of speculation about why is um, the first officer the focus of the show and so that has led to my theory that jason isaacs is going to die in the first few (laughs) few episodes and the first officer who's not ready for it is going to have to take over because they have also cast michelle yo which i'm super excited about as an admiral Mm -hmm. um in the series and as a series regular and now the question the question is like why would a deep space mission need a admiral as a series regular and so like if she's having to communicate with starfleet a lot because the captain's dead kind of the pieces all kind of fit but i'm not i, I should make it clear i'm not rooting for jason Isaacs to die no 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 like no him. because i do like it so. um but that's my theory i would not i think it's kind of interesting if they like keep him alive but they keep the main focus on the first nate 
I think it's a, almost a little bit love upstairs, downstairs. Not exactly, because, like, downstairs would probably be, like, more the lower, the junior yeah. officers that aren't bridge officers. But still, it's a different perspective. It's a different perspective. And there have been so many Star Wars, or Star Wars, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Someone, someone, someone is going. No, to I'm so sorry. I, it's just I'm used to saying Star Wars. <laughs> we talk about Star Wars all the time. I'm used all. that my mouth just makes those those <laughs> like noises now. <laughs> Star Trek. There have been so many iterations of Star Trek that it would be a nice way to get a shift on what we generally expect to see. Yeah. Uh, so. There's our star Star Trek. Yes, Star <laughs> Star Trek. My mouth is like, what are you doing? <laughs> why are you Why aren't you saying wars? Um, other very quickly, there were three trailers that came out in oh the last God. few weeks. Two of which came out like three days ago. Uh, the Get Down Part Two oh is oh finally coming to Netflix. So if you have not watched the Get Down Part One. Please, please do so. It's basically, it's Baslerman who I adore, um, who did, you know, Romeo and Juliet and uh, Moulin Rouge, Strictly Ballroom, so many, so many really visually and just musically and thematically stunning films, um, did this series for Netflix. It was super expensive. Uh, but it's basically New York in the 70s and the convergence and the movement from not necessarily from disco to hip hop, but of disco and hip hop uh, in the Bronx. And the the young, it's like, you know, entirely like a cast of color, basically. And these like young actors who are just so good and the writing is so interesting and the, the visuals are so interesting. And so a trailer dropped for part two, which, which releases in April. And I am, I cannot wait. The, it's just so stimulating to watch. And like you, you fall into this world, um, of colors and music and fashion and like, Oh, it's so good. That's one of those shows I haven't seen the first season. And I honestly, it's just one of those things. I saw the trailer when it was coming out. And I love Baz Luhrmann as well. His movies are just so visually spectacular. Um, and I forgot about it. Honestly, <laughs> like, it's just one of those things. There was a lot of good stuff coming out around that same time, I think. And like, I completely forgot it existed until you put it, until I saw it here. And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. So I will be one of the people going back. Yay. It's so good. Uh, and then also comes, it came out on the same day. Oh my God. The Fast and the Furious 8 trailer. That movie looks like the best kind of garbage. Like it looks so terrible. I cannot wait. I, four, four years ago, I had, I think it was four years ago, three or four years ago, I had never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. I don't care about cars. I don't care about racing. I don't much care about Vin Diesel. And then I got a new job and I took a week off in between my two, like my old job and my new job. And during that week, a few friends of mine were like, you have to watch the Fast and the Furious movies. And I watched all of them. I actually, my story is actually very, very similar. Like, so 
I love really bad action movies. I do. Like, that is my favorite kind of movie. It's really hard, actually, to get me to watch a movie that is not a terrible action movie because it's just, I'm it, like, when I'm in the mood to watch a movie, it's because I'm tired and I'm depressed about what's going on or, you know, the world is terrible or something and I just need, like, brain candy. And these movies are, like, yes, they're, like, trash action movies, but they're also bizarrely, like, post-racial utopias. Oh, yeah, you know? totally. Like, they're diverse, and they're, you know, and they they break every myth about a diverse movie candy. Oh, Money yeah. You know who goes to see the movies leads. to see Fast and the Furious? Everybody. Everyone. Those movies make Everybody. so much money. I know. And please put The Rock um, in every film. Because, like, the first four are fine and good, but when The Rock show Fast Five is one of my yeah. favorite movies. Yeah, same. It is... So fun. I could hear Vin Diesel go, I don't need friends. I got family. A hundred times. <laughs> um, no, like, it's like, I was, so I, but for some reason, I just didn't have a lot of interest in these movies for the same reason. Because I was like, I don't like cars. And I was having like a really, I don't even remember what was going on, but I was having like a really bad, like, week or something. And I was just really upset. And I was like, I just want to watch something, you know, and my husband was like, I cannot believe you have not seen these movies. And he like went out and bought the entire <laughs> set for me and like sat me down. I was like, just watch, just watch. And like, yeah. And, and I was hooked and that was That's it. So good. Um, it was, it's so good. I'm, I'm pretty so excited good. about the new one. I mean, I don't like the, like the breaking apart family thing just I, because like the part of the reason I like, I hate it when like, one member, no, you don't turn they, against your they family. they did that in the last movie, right? I they, know. Letty, Letty forgot who, she had a me, she had amnesia. Like, yeah, so I'm not super excited. And I don't know what's going on with Charlize Theron's uh, hair. Not into that. Yeah. I'm like over. Yeah, I, I, I think she will do excellent. I think she's an excellent actress, and I'm really excited to see her in this. But I I didn't notice it in the first movie, or the first two. I did. I don't think. I didn't. Because it's, but it's, I didn't this one. Like, can we stop associating, like, white people with pseudo-dreads as being, like, post-punk, cyber, whatever? Like, it feels like a really, like, 90s move to give her that hair. Yeah, and it just feels squicky. Like, that's one of those things that I just, I'm like, no, I don't really want a part of that. No, let's not. Um, yeah. but other, other than that, like, I love oh, going to these excellent. movies to see how they can up from the previous film, you know, like, um, that torpedo scene, that torpedo in the trailer. scene. turns oh out the way God. they up from the previous movie is with a submarine in the Arctic. Yep. I'm here for it. I can't, yep, I can't wait I to too. watch Tyrese just like freak out and be afraid and ludicrous laugh at him. Yes. Same. While still being afraid. I would watch an entire movie of that, honestly. Yep. I would watch a spinoff with just the Oh, yes. 100%. Um, um, all right, so last trailer that came out a few... This one's... It, it came out, like, three, it came out like three weeks ago, ago but we're both really excited about it. The new um, Guy Ritchie movie, King Arthur. King Arthur. Oh, my looks God. looks okay, so bomb. First of all, I will watch anything King Arthur, no matter how terrible it is. Oh, looks, yes. Because I am obsessed with... Like, that. I was obsessed with that myth growing up. Like, I am... That legend, like, it is a part of me. I love it. But this movie looks so good. It looks like Guy Ritchie has kind of come back, not necessarily to his... Like, I 
love lock stock and I love snatch. I love snatch. Like oh so my good. God. Uh was not a huge I'm I'm not a Sherlock Holmes purist, but the those movies were like far enough away that I was just like not really into it. Um I know I was okay with the first one I did not like. I really really loved The Man from Uncle like a lot. I really I really liked that movie. Um this movie looks like I, what a bizarrely perfect pairing of like King Arthur and Guy Ritchie. And I'm excited about um, Charlie Hunnam, yes. who we, I get to see have like an English accent again, which I have been missing from him for a really long time. The casting looks really uh, good. Jude Law uh-huh. looks great. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun movie. And I hope it does well because it bre- as my, I do love The Legend a lot. So, like, it breaks my heart every time they try to redo it and then it does really poorly because then you know no one's not going to touch Wait, it. Wait, Sonia, did you watch Merlin? I watched, like, the first half of the first season and then something happened. And it was, like, one of those things where I forgot about it. I Please watch it so we can talk okay. about it. Okay. Uh, well, I'll do that for one of the – and then we'll talk about it on – We can watch – we podcast. can do that. Merlin is a series that um, – It's the BBC, it's, and it was, like, five seasons. Yeah, it's BBC. Right? It was about five seasons. It's, um, it's like, the, the C – not even – the CW isn't the right word or the right association, but it's, like, a, if Merlin was – early early wb it's like an early wb version yeah. of merlin um where they're all teens but it's surprisingly affecting and has uh, one of my favorite broships on tv ever between arthur and merlin um it's bradley james and colin his um, last name escaping me because i was not expecting to talk about this but <laughs> i think it's on netflix or it used to be. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Uh, watch it because Swepna's going to watch it, and then we're going to talk yes, about now, it. Yes, now, and then we're going to talk about it. So <laughs> watch it. I'll watch the first season, and then I'll report back. Yes. Even though it just keeps getting better and better. Yes. Well, I mean, I'll keep watching it after that. I will not. I've gotten better about not forgetting about yes. things because I've, like, winnowed down the amount of stuff I watch now, so I'll only watch, like, one or two or maybe three shows at a time <laughs> rather than watching, like, Trying to watch everything. Like Fifteen, yeah. I was like, I've, I've, I've embraced binge watching a little more. That's good. I totally just hit the microphone because I'm talking with my hands. <laughs> We're so excited. Okay. I know. Okay, um, let's get. Okay, we've been talking just about like news for so long. Okay, let's talk about our first thing. We're it's we're going to talk about a Bollywood movie. Yes. Um. So, I watched this movie in the theater back in December. Uh, it's called Mushkil. It's on. It's available on iTunes uh, to, yes, to you can rent. rent it on iTunes. Um, I watched it like yesterday because I don't go to. Um, I don't really see Indian movies. I don't see any movies in theater, but um, it's just it, I don't have a theater around me that shows Indian movies too. On top of that, so um, I just watched it yesterday on iTunes. But it is a Karan Johar movie, which if you are familiar with Bollywood, you probably know his name. Uh, and if you are not, if you're not familiar, Karan Johar is kind of a superstar director, producer, writer, um, former, semi-former actor. Uh, he was, you know, in, he's had a long standing friendship with Shah Rukh Khan, who is like arguably the biggest Bollywood star in the world. Um, and he has his like, Coffee with Karan Tuck show. He's just a very, like, he's like this, like, 
king who like yeah, lords really over is. Bollywood a little bit, and he he's also India's highest profile, sort of openly gay. man. It's like secretly openly gay man. I mean, it's everyone sad. knows he is, but he doesn't really talk about no. it publicly. But there is an excellent profile of him. I think it was. It was in, in the New, New York, York Times. Times. It came out a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, I, and it is. I think it was written by maybe Atish Tasir. I think I think is right. I might be getting that totally wrong, but Google it. New York Times, Karan Johar. It's an excellent profile. Yeah, it's profile really, really like, good. And it's short. It's not very long, so you could read yeah. it in like five minutes. Uh, maybe ten. <laughs> but, so, um, but the movie is, it, it has... Um, I was surprised at the mixed reactions I got Wait, when I tweeted so that I was going to start watching I it. I saw it in the theater with um, two friends of mine, one Indian, one non, and uh, I really, really liked it because within... So, pr- basic premise, it stars uh, Ranbir Kapoor. Um, uh, oh my god, I'm like forgetting everyone's... Anushka Sharma. I was like, Alize, no, that's her character name. Anushka Sharma... Um, Aishwarya Rai and oh god, Fawad Khan. <laughs> I was okay. Oh, I'll get to that. Adios mio. Um, so it stars these these four actors, um, which are all at the time Fawad Khan was kind of a a little bit of a rising star in Bollywood. He had two very very good films that came out, uh, or three three very good films that did well. Um, but Aishwarya Rai is like also one of the biggest stars in Bollywood. Uh, Anushka Sharma. Same. Her profile has been rising and rising and rising. Um, and Ranbir Kapoor is like Bollywood royalty. Like yeah. his family is almost like not started, but like biggest, biggest names in Bollywood. So it's a big movie. Big, big, big movie. Got in Johar poured, and then Karin Johar on top poured of it. a yeah. lot like, this of is money like, into it. Yeah. And it's, uh, Aydil Mushkil basically means like, oh, the heart is difficult in literal terms. Um, and so it's about relationships and traditionally Bollywood movies are everything. Romance, drama, tragedy, action, comedy, like as much as you can fit in, the better they are stemming from like eighties and nineties, especially. Yeah. Um, but more recently they've started to like shift that a little in really becoming more specific. And so this movie is very much about relationships, but within, you look at it with a very specific North Indian Bollywood lens, and it's really subversive. Um, It is. I was honestly shocked at this movie. I thought I loved it too, I will be honest. I really, really liked it. I hated the main character. I hated it. But you're supposed to. Right, I would argue that you were supposed to dislike the main character who, like, you know, Bollywood gets a lot of flack because it's, it can be really misogynistic. It can be very, like, uh, like American media um, persist in supporting tropes that are harmful to women, like pr- the fact that, like, if you just keep asking her out, eventually she'll say yes, which is mm-hmm. a trash way to think about how men relate to women or how, you know, how to relate to somebody that you are interested in. Or that you are, if you love her... She like she is she's right. So that is you know this movie I think attempts to subvert those tropes, but still within a Bollywood lens, which is to say like a male, a very male lens. So like the main character is a man. The it's all about him and his relationships, but he does not come off in a good light necessarily. 
Um, no. He's not, though. He's not. He is complex. Yes, he's not a like, character. At least, like, he's not just like, oh, my God, I hate him. Like, he is one-dimensional, terrible. Like, he, you do feel some sympathy for him, but he's terrible. Like, and it's it's so interesting because it's a very, it's, and in some ways it's a more complex portrayal of a man and masculinity than you usually see in a Bollywood movie. Yes. Um, and without giving away too much, there, there are things, the music is excellent. Yes, I mean, that is. is the way you talk about Bollywood. At least that's the way I talk about Bollywood is, oh, did you see that movie? Was the music good? Like, yeah. there's never, there, it is like, it has to go hand in hand. So the music is really good. Um, the production quality is really good and everyone acts very well. So Aishwarya Rai is in this film. Oh, she was so in, Oh, she, she looks amazing. She looks amazing. And one thing I always, I, I've always liked Aishwarya. Um, I think it's hard not to, but she always, there was always a guarded quality to her um, acting to me. And this movie, she came across much softer, much like more adorable, which I really appreciate. Yeah, she did. I mean, what I loved about it is that women of her, you know, she's past 40. Yeah. Uh, women of her age in Bollywood largely no longer get to play sexy roles. And yeah. she was not only like in this role, like incredibly sexy, but also independent, was very vocal about what she did and did not want. Like, and it was not seen as like a negative thing yeah she, she set the terms she lived by and she you know that, that was, never she, happens no it does not like that barely happens in like american media like this was yeah so like she did not apologize for who she was right. and when she she was not afraid to make like make hard decisions like i i really loved her character i kept being like they just need to jettison Rumbeer. I know. And Aishwarya and Anushka need to run away together. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, there are what, Indian actresses now are being more and more vocal about the need for feminism and the need for, like, good representation in terms of stories for girls and women in Indian media, in, I mean, as Bollywood media, I should say, um, because you have women like Anushka, who's a very, very vocal feminist. Um, you have... Priyanka Chopra, who's speaking out about it. Deepika is speaking out about the stigma of mental illness and mental health in the industry and how we need to be more supportive and open to dialogue. And, like, it's just really nice that all these things are coming together. Um, You have filmmakers like Zoya Akhtar, who's, like, a female director who does really good work and really good work for women. So it's really nice because I think this film attempted to be that, even though it's still, like, you can see that, like, Garen Johar can't help himself and can't let go of some of the tropes that yeah, he has totally. become so accustomed to. So there is, there are But issues. it's nice to see, oh yeah, it's not a perfect, <laughs> it's not a perfect movie. But it's nice to see that in, in, many, in ways, um, I think that even more than the U.S., India and Indian culture is shaped by Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and very influenced um, by what people um, are very influenced by what they see on screen. Um, you know, tr- setting trends and fashion trends and all this. So when all these actresses and they're seeing these types of theme- things um, and themes in movies, it makes a really big difference. Yeah, I think it is. It, it's shifting. It's shifting the north, northeast Indian, north Indian culture in that yeah. way. Um, yeah. So yes. I recommend watching it. I do too. I liked it. I, it's not perfect, but it is it is 
very enjoyable. And, and the music is really good. It is good. It is good. I think, I think you should watch it. And if you do watch it, and uh, you can tweet Preeti and me and let us know what you yes. think. Yes. Um, all right. So there, there's so much to talk about because... I know. Okay, so we have to talk about Star Wars because Preeti cannot say the word star without saying it's wars. It's true. <laughs> So, um, we're going to, we're going to shift gears and talk about the last Jedi again. Um, so they, I guess they screened some of the footage from the last Jedi for some of the Disney execs. Um, and they revealed, somebody revealed via Twitter, Luke Skywalker's first words in the movie. And the first three words he says are, who are you? So, of course, now we have to talk about that. Because, because all right, it's it's, I mean, it feels silly because it's like, okay, he says, who are you? It's, and I can feel myself falling into that fandom hole of, like, what does it mean? You know, yeah. it, was, it was, like, when the trailer for Force Awakens came out. Oh, my God. Then I had. Preeti and I were the worst fan trash. Literally, like, an, enti- like, an hour conversation about a hand. Like, was and it And we were Googling, hand? like. Does so it's the scene if you're familiar with the trailer, it's the scene that is not actually in the movie where Maz Kanata hands the lightsaber to Leia. Um, and we were Googling because if you just look at the hand, it looks like a pretty normal hand, except it's a small hand. So we're like Googling. I was like, does does Mark Hamill have small hands? Like, it was the worst. <laughs> like, it was just this whole it was the worst. So yeah, I don't want to go. But I can I don't feel, us, to... I feel us falling down into that I hole know. of like, so he says, who are you? Which could mean so many things. Like, I know. The initial thought is like, oh, so he doesn't know who Ray is. But that doesn't mean anything because Darth Vader basically like hung out with Leia and tortured Leia. And didn't realize, and didn't she realize that, he, that she was his daughter. Which like. And like, he didn't realize that Luke was his, like, was his son until after the destruction of the first episode. Yeah. So, like, there's so. precedent for, like, this doesn't actually mean anything in terms of Ray and Luke's relationship. But it is interesting, and we did know this to a certain extent, but though it picks up right after episode seven. Yeah, so... Whereas the other, the two movie, other two movies, you know, jumped in time quite a bit. Or the other, the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't count the... Not the prequels, the, the original book. trilogy. So, yeah, yeah so it is going to be, like, a immediate, like, back on that island back with which i think is good because i do want to watch i'm sure ray is going to get trained and i do actually want to see that so i'm actually glad um that that's going to happen even if they let's say show some of that and then jump forward in time Mm-hmm. i'd be okay um, with that yeah but i do want to see some of that and i just want luke to talk <laughs> i know we're both that like whole first movie dying to hear mark hamill be luke skywalker again and when you saw, like, the hands, the hand on R2 scene, which is the only footage you saw of Luke in the trailers, and that came, like, halfway through the movie, I thought, well, what if he's not going to be in the movie? And then I, and then, you know, it keeps progressing and progressing, and it looked like they, they were going to end the movie with Ray and Chewie leaving, and I almost lost it in the theater. Because you're like, we deserve this. I know! I was like, we've been, Preeti and I have been looking for Luke. We created a hashtag. Looking for Luke! (laughs) We have earned this! And then, I mean, the scene was excellent, but I now, I am ready for Luke to talk. Uh, Yeah, I'm ready to, like, because we've gotten, we've actually gotten very, very little in terms of Luke's story between, um, 
between uh, episode six and episode seven for, you know, a lot of reasons. And we've gotten more of Leia's. We've gotten more of Han's. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I am. I'm ready. <laughs> like, I need more. I'm hoping after episode eight comes out, they're going to commission a bunch of Luke stuff. Yes. Like, for Expanded Universe. Um, yes. Because I do understand why they're keeping it quiet. And in some ways, it's really gratifying because Luke has not always been the most popular character in Star Wars. But I was um, going to the touch station to pick us a power converter. I know, which I understand why. He's always been my favorite, but I understand why he's I love him. Um, but so it's gratifying that they recognize his value. Yeah. You know, and that they're like, no, every, like, people love Luke. Like, they're, he's, they're so invested in him. Let's keep this under wraps until, and let's, like, use this. And so I'm glad they're doing that, but I'm ready. It's been a while now. It's been so long. I can't believe The Force Awakens was over a year ago. I know. I feel like so much of my life has just been waiting for Star Wars movies. Yes. Like, my whole life has been waiting for Star Wars movies. Yeah. I mean, my whole, I feel like my whole life was the culmination of my life up to The Force Awakens was waiting for The Force Awakens. Like, like I've been waiting for that movie all my life. Ugh. I spent too much um, of my life waiting. It's not fair. So, Preeti and I are going, if you follow us on Twitter, you've probably heard us talking about this. We are going to Star Wars Celebration yeah, we are. in April. Yes, it is our treat to ourselves. It's my birthday um, weekend, and I earned it by being born. So <laughs> we are going to, um, I don't really know. We're going to do something post-celebration. Um, I don't, some podcast thing. We don't really know what, but we will definitely do a celebration theme. Yeah, episode. we just don't really know what to expect and what to, what we're going to see. And we're going, I mean, we're going to a Weird Al-hosted party. Jump. Yes, so that's, that's a Really thing. psyched really. about uh, we are also going to um, like a late night Disney yep. thing, and to take pictures with. I mean, we may just go on a quest to take as many pictures with like people dressed up as Star Wars characters. As that we is can. also a possibility. Um, but yeah, so we don't know what to expect, but we'll get back and then we'll record something. <laughs> about it. I don't know what. Basically, um, we might die though if Mark Hamill is there and we meet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that will be the like we there the next if we record a podcast it will be as the next episode will literally just being like and then we sat next to him and oh my then, god no what we should do is if we buy an autograph with him we should I should we should record it on audio and then just put the audio at the end of the episode <laughs> and it's just gonna be me and Preeti being like <laughs> I so uh slight tangent. I am not good at meeting famous people I like. Like I turn really red. I I, and I lose all ability to speak coherent sentences. Like oh it's God, not it's great. Crazy. Like I, you know, in my line of work, I deal with authors and right and I'm pretty good. I can like I can do that unless it's someone that I liked before I got into my job. In which case you know, Judy Bloom called me on the phone once, and I'm still <laughs> embarrassed. Oh my gosh. So this is this will go great and terrible. I cannot wait. All right. I cannot so, wait. Okay, so that's, that's our that's fun happening. Star Wars 
uh, moment as, you know, in every episode, we will probably discuss something Star Wars because there is always Star Wars news happening and we're huge nerds. Um, Let's talk about the Nintendo or the Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game. I have not played it. Preeti has. So Preeti, talk to us about Breath of the Wild. So we've been waiting a really, the last Zelda Zelda game that came out was uh, Skyward Sword and it was like four or five, five years ago, something like that. Um, which literally like, how was it? Was, it? I mean, Skyward Sword is amazing. Um, okay. I feel like Nintendo does a good job of like attempting to push the boundaries on every, like just reinvent Zelda. They're not afraid to reinvent Zelda. Um, because I, I personally believe that Ocarina of Time is the best Zelda game for Nintendo 64. Yes, I agree. But they've gone in so many directions. Like, Wind Waker was a huge departure from that, you know? It was huge. And I will admit that I, I like the gameplay. I don't know that I love the story, oh, I, but the gameplay I was liked really Wind good. Waker. The only part I didn't like of Wind Waker was having to find all those freaking Triforce shards and sailing yes. all over that freaking ocean. Yes. That's, yeah. But so, it's been a long time since Skyward Sword came out. Um, I did not get a Switch because... Apparently, I do have some self-restraint. But I did buy Breath of the Wild for the Wii U. Um, But Zelda is literally, like, when the Wii came out and Twilight Princess came out, my sister and I slept outside of a Super Target to buy it first thing in the morning. (laughs) We just stayed out all night and slept on the sidewalk. So pre-ordering is, like, the best thing that has ever been invented. (laughs) is what I'm saying. Um, So Breath of the Wild basically throws all the rules out the window. And traditional Zelda from Ocarina on has been very much like, even if they reinvent the character, even if they reinvent the style, it's still been like, you start a quest, you go to temples, you get the weapons based on usage of the temple like everything there is a story there is a track there is no track in breath of the wild i've got about 16 to 18 hours of gameplay in so far and i have no idea how far into the game i have like i am um i keep breaking my swords uh i have a horse because i spent all my there's so far I spend most of my time just kind of running around exploring and I have yet to find a place that I can't go. Like there's no like shift in, um, uh, background coloring that tells me that I can't go to a place. I can go anywhere that I want. That's insane. I have like climbed every mountain. I like literally it's like, uh, a, a, like nineties alt rock, like girl band song. I can go wherever <laughs> I want to go. And it's fascinating, but it's also, like, I have, like, a little bit of anxiety because I'm, like, I don't really know. I, I It's, like, so freeing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, like, trying, I'm, I'm suddenly finding that maybe I like a little structure, but I think that's yeah. something I have to overcome. Like, I don't think it's a problem with the game. I think it's me having to, like, get out of my comfort zone of playing the game and relearning how to engage with a story with a Zelda story that isn't so structured, yeah. you know, and it's, it's really good. And the gameplay is good. And the fighting is good. And the, like, I, I play Zelda for the puzzles and there are like great puzzles. Um, 
you know, they're now that they're you're not kind of beholden to specific rules. There are there's not just one way to beat an enemy. There are so many ways to beat like to beat not just the puzzles but the enemies. So it's like I really like it. It's really good. It's it's but there is going to be like a little anxiety as you have to like relearn how to engage with it. Yeah. I really want to switch. I have not I, I'm not pre-ordering one. I don't think I, if I got one, I don't think it would be probably before the holiday season when more games. I want to see what other games are coming out for it um, before I buy one. And, you know, even if I wanted to buy one, <laughs> I'm not waiting outside all night. I'll, I'll, waiting all, um, outside all night to get one. And they're very hard to they play. Are. But I'm having some of the same anxiety, actually, because I just started playing Final Fantasy 15, which I'm a huge fan of nice. Final Fantasy games. I've played pretty much every Final Fantasy in some form or another. I have not finished them all, but I've played every one since about seven. Six or seven. Um, I know I played seven. I think I played six, though. Um, And it's very different than what I'm used to, but I don't think it's in necessarily as good of a way as Zelda. Um, Because, well, first of all, the main characters are four guys. Uh. One of the things I love about Final Fantasy is it's always had, like, really kick-ass women. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, not That's thrilled about that. Yeah, I'm only, like, five hours in, but supposedly the game is only about 20 hours long. Really? Which is crazy for a Final That's Fantasy. so short. Um, right, but there's a lot of, like, side quests. There's a lot of... It's an open map as well, so you could run around and, like, pick up quests. And uh, supposedly there's going to be, um, like, DLCs and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm reserving judgment. Um, I don't love the gameplay because I'm... T- terrible at video games. <laughs> terrible. So part of the reason I like Final Fantasy is because it's like turn-based action and combat. Mm-hmm. And so I can do that. And I'm so terrible at video games. And so the, the um, it's still pretty button masher. It's not, it doesn't take a lot of strategy with the fighting, but it is like I keep getting at the, um, you know, type A person I am when I get a D on my finesse, D grade on my finesse in combat. I don't like that so, much. so I know it doesn't matter, but I want an A because of the person I am. Do you get upset at karaoke when the karaoke thing like arbitrarily judges you and it's like you get a seventy and you're like, that was clearly a hundred percent performance. <laughs> oh my god. I do not do karaoke enough to be familiar with this <laughs> because I have not hung out with you enough in real life, clearly. <laughs> but um yeah, I would definitely get irritated with that. <laughs> Who are you to judge me? Exactly, random karaoke <laughs> machine. What do you know? Nothing. Um, but yeah, so no, I'm really excited actually about. I haven't. I stopped playing video games for a while because they were such a time suck. But I'm really kind of. I'm not. I'm finding it's harder and harder for like TV to keep my attention. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if like video game like get video games which are like more you know tactical you're doing something with your hands will help with that yeah no that makes sense it feels Um, like actual progress yeah it does like it's something um yeah so okay should we talk about my 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 15 seconds of internet oh my gosh yes this is the best thing that i've ever seen in my life the most ridiculous thing i think that has ever happened to me on the internet and that is something because a lot of really weird things have happened on the internet Okay, so, um, like, two weeks ago, or, or, like, maybe, it was just, like, a week ago, actually. Okay, so I 
randomly on Twitter saw an article on BuzzFeed about how, um, in an interview, Hugh Jackman, who plays Wolverine, um, was asked who should succeed him as the next Wolverine. And Hugh Jackman says, well... well by an Indian um, journalist. This was on BuzzFeed India. Yes. This is on BuzzFeed India, let's be clear. Um, you, like, American audiences aren't super familiar with him, but I think, a you know, Shah Rukh Khan would make an excellent Wolverine. So I saw this interview, and Preeti and I started talking about it and joking around, and I was like, I'm going to do a post on Book Riot Comics that is a GIF post about why Shah Rukh Khan should play Wolverine. And because I'm all for this idea. I mean, not really, because he's too old and... No, but, like, I am all for this idea. So, um, I did the post, and it was stupid. Like, calling it writing would be generous, because literally it's, like, oh, he can dance, and he can do his own stuff. And stunts. he can cry. Yeah, on cue. And he has great hair. Look at the fan machine. It's, like, it's stupidest post. So I tweeted it out, and, you know, a couple people retweeted it, no big deal. And I tweeted Shark Khan, or I tagged Shark Khan at I am, he's at I am SRK in the, in the <laughs> tweet. And, like, I, I, like, I'm, like, so I'm, and that's, like, a Friday morning, I think, that, that all, I put this up on, like, a Friday, this had all happened on a, like, Friday morning. And, like, I, like, go upstairs, and then I come back down to my phone, and, like, I look at, I look at my phone, and I have, like, 200 notifications from Twitter in the 10 minutes I'm gone. And I'm like, what happened? And I open up Twitter, and Shah Rukh Khan has retweeted my tweet. And my life was different <laughs> after that. <laughs> like, there is, like, the before the Shah Rukh Khan retweet, and after Shark Con retweet. So now I have a, a lot of new followers. I've had to mute that conversation at this point. I let it go for a couple of days because it was amusing. And then it just got to the point where I couldn't keep up with, like, all the people, all the regular mentions on Twitter because people kept tweeting me and Shark Con and either asking how I could help them have Shark Con retweet their tweets or just telling them they love Shark Con. Or, you know, I'm guessing the I love you was to Shark Con. <laughs> but... Yeah, I had to have had to mute the conversation, but like, I mean, it got picked up by like the Times of India and like Filmfare magazine, and like it, it was, it was because literally anything Shadow Khan does will get picked yeah. up by like the media in that way. But what was fun was so I saw Logan this week. I have not, and I will say I am not going to see it in theater because. I, if you don't know my history with Wolverine, um, I love, like, Hugh Jackman in that role is what got me reading, like, superhero comics. That's what got me interested in them. I have such a love for that character, even when he's been done poorly in movies. Um, I think Hugh Jackman is so good. I know, yeah. Um, I think Hugh Jackman is incredible in that role. And um, I have even written poetry about Hugh Jackman in that role. So, yeah, I have very strong feelings about this, and I just don't think my heart can it's, take in theater. So, one, what was fun was, like, I went in and I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to look at this and, like, pretend that Shadow Khan is in this movie and, like, how he would have handled it. <laughs> um, it would have been a drastically different movie. And no spoilers, because Swapna hasn't seen it, but that was, like, so, like, six or seven years ago, I read The Road by Cormac McCarthy, and um, I finished it on the subway in the morning on the way to work, 
and I cried in front of all these New York commuters. And it was really embarrassing. And then I like couldn't read a book for like three weeks, which I read on average, like two to three books a week. Plus you work because in I work in publishing and reading is and reading is my necessary. job. And so this movie was like that experience all over again. Yeah, and which is why I will not see it. This movie—I just—I will cry. You, I, I will cry. So I much. ugly cried, and it'll break my heart. And I just need to like—I—I—I I, I don't know what happens. Like I don't know. I have been st- very fastidious about avoiding spoilers because I don't want to know. Like yeah, I'll, I'll you'll see, see it, it when it comes out. But like I just want to see it at home where I can like pause it to ball for a few minutes bef- and like get on <gasps> myself before I continue. I don't know if you'll pause it. I don't, I don't know. I think you'll just let it happen because it's, I don't even know if they're like possible moments in this movie. It was just like one big experience of basically watching the road with Wolverine um, and X-23 and Xavier. I loved it. I really, it was, it wasn't just a good comic book movie. Like it was a good movie. Um, Barring like one or two things. I don't know if I'm going to watch it again anytime soon because it was like, literally I saw it with a friend of mine who is like semi familiar with comics and like, like to the point where she's like, I know who Wolverine is. Um, But I looked over at one point, she was sitting next to me. Both of us were like spent the entire film with like our hands, like, pseudo over i i got carded before i walked into this movie oh man because the the woman taking tickets was like it's so violent i have to card wow. everybody like we literally i've not been carded at a movie in like 10 years so wow we spent the entire film like kind of with our eyes like our, our hands like so close to our eyes in case we needed to cover them but i looked over at her and she was like slouched all the way down in her seat like had her jacket like sort of covering her mouth and she looks at me and she's like what did you bring me to oh my god oh my god (laughs) because it was it's so good but it's so like I felt like I I'm not I don't smoke but I was like I need a cigarette (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I walked out of that movie, I was like, I don't even know what to do with myself. I need like a whiskey and a cigarette. And then I need to like drink myself into a stupor. Wow. It, I, yeah. And that, that, that is why I just, I can't do that. Oh, it was good though. It was good. Like, and part of me is torn because I was like, I would love, like, I really, really want to see it. But I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. Part of it is also, like, just emotionally, like, it's not even just, like, wanting to watch it at home. It's, like, emotionally, I just, I'm like, I'm not in that place right Mm -hmm. now. I can't get that dark. It's, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is, like, right now the world is such, like, "Mm," that all I want to do is, like, interact with things that make me feel, like, all I've been doing is watching The Great British Bake Off. Because yeah. it is the most pleasant collection of people who are on screen and just just people loving baking and being nice to each other. Yeah. You know, like, I just want to watch people being pleasant. Wolverine is like, I mean, Logan is like 
the opposite of the Great British yeah. Bake Off. There's yeah. no baking, and a lot of people are really awful. <laughs> Wait, there's no baking? There's no baking. <laughs> shocked, I say. Shocked. <laughs> but, no, because, like, I'm trying to watch the show The 100 right Oh, now, my God. The 100 like, is just... also, like, a Cormac McCarthy novel. Yeah, like, my thing is, like, now I'm having trouble. Like, it's a good show, but, like, I mean, it's a terrible show, but it's a good show. You know No, I mean. that show is great. It's, I mean, the like, third season gets really trash, but, like, the first season is very much, like, it's a CW show, but it's about the, like, the, like, gray lines between good and like no one is good yeah there is no such thing as like goodness because everyone and the characters are really everyone has a line that they are willing to cross for survival and like that's what that show is about in the first season and it's even in the second season like that is a there's no like oh it's on the cw whatever it's a trash like that's a good show that like i um but i can't watch it like i have trouble like i'm like watch usually like when i when i'm liking a show i can do like a couple of episodes a nope. day but like two or three episodes a day and like i'm like one every two or three days because it's just brutal it's brutal it is like so oh, dark that that show that show fucked me up the first time i watched it i was like yeah. i was expecting like a i was expecting like a trash whatever cw teen show that i could just escape into and like be like, oh, I really like this ship, or uh, but then it's like killer ten year olds, and like, do yeah. you sacrifice the good of the whole for, or do you sacrifice one person for the good of the whole? And like this, these like really heavy topics and the darkness. And it gives you, it makes you wonder what, you, like, what would I do? Oh in God! Because there's no. Well, easy I would answer. die. There's- because I have no outside survival skills well, whatsoever. Yeah. Right. I would be like, I'm just going to sit and wait for the bad guys to murder me because there's no way I can survive in a world that doesn't have Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, I just, it just makes, there's no easy answers. Like, and that's what I like about it. Like, it's just, None of these people are perfect. Everyone's doing the best they can. Even the best thing they can do, the, the thing that is best might be wrong. Yep. But they don't know, and they're doing their best, and everybody's Or it's like you mess, have two choices, and, and they're both bad choices, but you have to make a choice, and so... Yeah. You're like... Anyway. Ugh. Anyways. That, that was a tangent I didn't expect to go on. But anyways, like that, it's just I'm having trouble, like with things that are that dark these days. I know. I, I it's, it's all you just hard. want like goodness and uh, authenticity and I really just want goodness. I want like yeah. to watch people be good because that feels like a fantasy. Yeah. Or if people are terrible, I want to watch them not get their come up necessarily, but like either, you know, change or that that terribleness be yeah. dealt with so, in some way. So last night, this is another thing we weren't planning on talking about. Last night uh, was the series finale of oh, the, the Vampire, Vampire Diaries. Diaries. I was obsessed with the Vampire Diaries in the earlier seasons. I haven't watched in a couple years. But because um, I loved the earlier seasons so much, I was like, ah, I'm going to watch the series finale. And even though I barely have any idea what's going on and whatever... Um, and it was actually, well, the, the finale was like a little all over the place and some of the editing was weird. Um, 
I really liked the ending, the very, very ending a lot. And like spoilers, I guess, if you are planning to watch the Vampire Diaries, um, <laughs> stop here I'm not, so. and then fast forward a little bit. But, you know, obviously the Vampire Diaries is that's one of those CW shows where I was like, Damon and Elena forever. Um, but the very, very ending, because at its core, it's a show about family and about brothers. It ends with a hug between Damon and Stefan. Like that is the last scene where they get reunited in the afterlife. I like, I'm going to like start crying because <laughs> it was just so lovely. And it was just such like a nice, lovely moment of like the importance of that f- familial bond. And yeah, the comfort and peace that comes with being with that person. Like it wasn't about romance. It wasn't about like drama or anxiety. It was like brothers. And it- yeah. And it's, it's the same reason I feel like I've found um, Star Trek and Star Wars, both a big comfort. Oh yes. I mean, Star Trek is like, especially the new um, Star Trek beyond the third movie, because the whole thing is about family and how you're stronger as, you know, it's a whole thing of like federation versus like going alone, going it alone and how you're stronger when you're together. Mm-hmm. And I like that has become a comfort movie for me because it's just that. And then um, like star Wars, obviously it's about resisting and, you know, relying on each other. And I mean, it's just, it's been a huge, they both of those franchises have been a huge comfort. Yeah. It's the, I mean, star Wars for me is largely like the escapism and the like, rebellion two of those things and then star trek and these other things and even like fast and the furious like whatever it's about the importance of community it's the importance of like having people you can rely on at its very core Mm -hmm. and diverse and diversity it's not always like star trek has not always been great it's been ahead of its time but like not great but not not like you look back now and you're like that's a lot of white people and a lot of them (laughs) like but it's been, but still, like, it's just, they're, you know, you can see um, that they're, they do put, like, value yep. in diversity. Um, wow, that, that conversation went in a that, way that, that I was... I did not exact, expect a conversation about Shower Khan retweeting me to yep. go there. But, but there we have hey, it. We had, um, yeah. Okay, so um, let's talk about... Oh, so uh, we're going to try to highlight, we've decided, um, at least, like, uh south asian person doing like a cool thing you know yes um and so this week it's rahul kohli from uh i zombie he plays revy on i zombie uh join the supergirl join supergirl uh to play um biomax which is really exciting so do we know is this a, is this a regular i, um, or is he I think a it's star? just a guest star um okay. I, and i think it's just i was gonna say He's very... I haven't watched iZombie yet. That's on my list. Oh, he's great on iZombie. I was going to say, everyone loves him on iZombie, so I was like, I hope he's not, like, leaving that show. Uh, No, just a guest star. Indian people and South Asian people everywhere is my motto, so I am really glad to see him, you know. It's it's hard. Preeti and I talk about this sometimes, but um, South Asia is so... Like, even South Asia is such a broad terrible term because there's so much diversity within South Mm -hmm. Asia. There's so much diversity within India itself. Um, But a lot of times, like for example, um, a lot of people associate like Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel with us, but 
And she is South Asian, and I she absolutely represents me, but there's a lot of things about her that aren't a part of me. Like, she's Muslim, and I, I think sometimes, I don't want to say that gets erased from her character, but people don't. That's such an important part it's, of her character, and I don't want people to forget It's what we call that. the burden of representation. When there are so few people, they have to represent all aspects of all the people they could even marginally represent. And so... Yeah. Like, there's one. There's one South Asian, like, I think, um, Marvel superhero. Yeah, well. I mean, they like, have now... Of, they've got this X-Men character, Sapna, who's been getting a little bit of play. Um, but she's, like, eight... But also the X-Men are terrible. Right, also the X-Men are terrible. <laughs> like everything, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring everything going on right I know. there because it's It's terrible. not great. Um, but but um, there's so few, and so you have these, like, and Swapna and I both, like, we are very a very specific part of India, which is, like, North Indian, and, yeah. you know. I'm, like, I'm South Indian. Like, right. even our traditions and the way we practice our religion and culture is very, very different. Yeah. Languages, our languages are very different. Like, I don't speak Hindi. Like, Preeti does not speak Telugu. Nope. So, <laughs> nope. So, like, it's just, it, it's so much diversity. And so, a lot of times when we're fighting for people of color and we're fighting for representation, we're not fighting for ourselves. Yeah, we're not even fighting for South Asians. We're just like, what if there's, like, one person of color? Yeah, like, and so, and even when we're fighting for Asian representation, it's usually East Asian or Southeast Asian representation is what you get, and that's great, and more of that is better, but there's a certain real excitement for me when it's a South Asian right. person, and even an Indian person, like, um, not saying that more, like, people of color generally isn't an amazing thing, but yeah, the well, burden of representation it's, you know, is we, we we say it's about disrupting the myth of whiteness, right? It's disrupting the idea of, like, the norm is whiteness. So yeah. any any and person so, of color will disrupt that. Which we, which, and I am all for that, and that's what I fight for, but I also advocate, I like, call, like, calling on advocating specifically for South, South Asian and representation. So, because we're cool. Is our Supergirl. And it's very exciting. And he just wrapped yes. his episode, um, according to Twitter. And so now I have to now have two reasons that I need to catch up on Supergirl. One being the musical episode with the Flash, which I've been dying for. Yeah, I really I really I, I watched like the first five or six episodes and I liked it when it was on CBS and then um, stopped, and then now it's on the CW, and I am so behind. I know, I'm so behind, and I know that there have been a lot of issues with the way that they're writing on the CW, um, yeah. so I know a lot of things are going to make me very angry. Uh, so it's possible that I would I'm, just watch the musical episode and the Rahul Kohli episode. Part of my thing is maybe I'm try- I'm like waiting kind of to see if they resolve some of that, so I can just binge watch it and just know it gets better. That makes sense. I still might just so, watch this Rahul Kohli episode. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I'll he's, probably watch the Rahul Kohli He's episode. so good and and British and handsome. <laughs> We're basically Twitter married. Yes, you are. Because I said that my mom needed to get in touch with his mom. And he said that made him laugh. Yes. And so, so you guys are basically We're basically Twitter married. Um So that's been your cool thing Indian people are doing. Yay. Uh all right, last thing, things we're currently obsessed with. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so, our, funnily enough, our things we're obsessed with are also from South Asian people. But <laughs> I just finished um, Lily Singh, her memoir called How to Be a Boss. And Lily Singh, if you're unfamiliar with her, she is, I think, last year she was YouTube's highest paid female star. She's a stand-up comedian. 
she's an actress. She is an all-around awesome person. Um, and so she released, it's not really a memoir, actually. It's more of a, it's a little, it's a, I would probably classify it as self-help, but that that genre has so much stigma that, like, I don't like to use that word. But it is, it's a really good book. It's basically about how she achieved success and how, um, like, you know, basically, like, work hard, like, you know, don't, I don't know, like, work hard, basically, like, a lot of the book is just about working hard, and the specific ways she's worked hard, you know, it's okay, you know, you should help people, but don't help people who won't help themselves, like, you should um, always take a chance, like, it's just stuff like that, but it's very, it was, it was the book I needed to be reading when I read Mm -hmm. it, too, I really, like, I've, I've done, in the last six months, I've done a complete career, like, 180, I have completely kind of been in the process of changing the field I um I've always been a writer and editor but I've kind of been branching out and trying a lot of new now things you're writing so about it's space. Just, I know so like my my new thing is I'm science I'm, I'm a science writer now I call myself one because I'm getting paid to do it so that means <laughs> I am one but yeah so I'm writing about space and I'm trying to pursue that harder like I'm I'm making steps to you know really become a like science journalist and science writer so it's yeah it's been hard and it's been tough and there's a lot of terrible things about, you mm-hmm. know like I got late like six months like in August I got laid off from my full-time job I'm still freelancing for them but yeah it's hard it's like it's terrible it was terrible when it happened um and so that was the book this is kind of the book that has helped me reorganize my life and figure out what I want to do and set goals and motivated me and which is always a great thing so anyway it's not out till the end of March but um when it comes out I really recommend picking it up especially if I feel like we all kind of need to pick me up mm-hmm. right now because the world is so terrible and this is a good one and it's like the, ch- the chapters are literally a page long like so it's really short and easy to read and you can just like read like two or three chapters before oh, bedtime nice. it's got a lot of really fun pictures of her and they're funny and the production I always appreciate when the production quality of a book is high and this one has very high production quality so I'm gonna pick that up when it comes out or I will ask someone to send it to me <laughs> um oh publishing listen the reason that we get paid so little is so that we can ask friends to send us books yep yeah. Uh, so the thing that I am currently obsessed with is, um, the Sweatshop Boys album, Kashmir. Mm. Oh my God. So it came out back in October and I like listened, I like, I think downloaded a track and I like sort of listened to it. Um, the Sweatshop Boys is a, a hip hop group with Riz Ahmed, who you may know from Star Wars, <laughs> from <laughs> Bodhi Nick. Uh, his, he's always been an MC and I was, I've, it's funny, like groups like this, um, sort of make the circuit when you, in your communities. Uh, so his MC name is Riz MC, uh, and also in the group is, uh, Himanshu Suri, who, whose MC name is Heems and who is in a group called Das Racist, which has one of my favorite songs ever. Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. <laughs> How many times can I bring a Taco Bell in this in this episode? Um, oh man! So when you have people from your community doing interesting artistic endeavors, they tend to like fall into your orbit in some way 
through yes. your friends or through your whatever. Uh, maybe even your mom will be like, I saw there was this great Indian man on TV, you know? Um, yeah. So been familiar with Riz MC for a long time, been familiar with Heems for a long time. Finally, they dropped an, a video last week for Aja, which is a track off Kashmir, uh, and it's so good. This album is so good. It. I know. Yeah, I I hadn't really heard much. I've heard had heard of them, but hadn't heard any real other stuff until Preeti sent me the videos last week. I was like, listen to this. It's amazing. Yeah. So the song. I mean the 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 album is the the tracks are really good like the the beats are really really good um and the lyrics and the the songs are really cathartic because there is a lot of anger there there's a lot of anger at the state of what brown people are going through in the world right now you know um Heems is hindu and uh punjabi and uh, so indian and rizamsi is pakistani and muslim uh, but a British or uh, British citizenship and Heems is American. Um, so they both, a, a lot of the songs deal with like racial profiling and what it's like going to an airport and what it's like, you know, being Muslim or targeted because you have a beard, you know, and there's a lot of like catharsis and listening to somebody say the things that you might be feeling, you know, brown people in America are not having a great moment right now in terms of like how our country is supporting us. It's terrible. Yeah. It's like literally having conversations with your parents and telling them to not engage with strangers and to be aware of their surroundings and like these really scary conversations. And so to have an album like this right now is like really, (laughs) I know I keep using the word cathartic, but it's like, that's what it is. (laughs) That's true. And it's good music. Like, it's not just like, oh, yeah. they're saying things I like. It's like, they have the song that's not not about that uh, called Tiger Hologram. And it's just a good dance song. It's so fun. Um, so it's like a wide-ranging album that is not just anger and cathartic, but is also like just like them putting up music they like and putting up music I think they would like to listen to. Um, but it's also great to get an album that has things that specific, like specifically speak to my experience as a first gen person who is of yeah. two cultures. So like, you know, they talk about they'll have the song Aja. That's a, that's a Hindi word, Aja, you know? And, but the song is in English, but there's this, you know, there's a line that's like, <laughs> I'm a sexy mother fakir, uh, which fakir is not fucker, but it sounds enough like fucker. I don't know. It's like, it's like fun <laughs> little things that you feel like you're it's in smart. on the joke, right? You're in on, you're in on this experience and it just feels really good to listen to. And it's just a good album. It is just a good album. Yeah, it is. It's just the songs are catchy. Like, even if you don't like listen to them, like the songs are good. Yes. The like, music is good. Right. Like, but the lyrics are also smart, which like elevates it mm-hmm. to another level. Highly recommend so. downloading. Uh, it's yeah. Sweatshop Boys, Sweat with No A, so S-W-E-T, Shop Boys, uh, Kashmir. And you can download, um, you can listen to Sweatshop Boys in the background while reading How to Be a Boss. You can. While you're waiting to watch Rahul 
Holy Hell Supergirl and then be very, Be the very, most very, Indian, very, okay? Very salvation. Yeah. Be very salvation. <laughs> This is what you oh do. man, I guess that's like all we have then for today. Yeah, okay. So yeah, we had a lot to pack into that episode, but um but thank you all, by the way. Um we are I'm overwhelmed yes. by the response we received from our first episode. Uh, it is humbling and very gratifying. So thank you. You've all been so lovely and in supporting it and sharing it and um obviously like Please rate the show over on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. Um, yeah, so let us know on Twitter if there's something you want us to talk about. Maybe we can try to like check it out before the next episode and and discuss yeah. it. Yeah, and you can if it's too short for Twitter, you can all or you know, too long for Twitter, you can always email us at theyseegeekgirls at gmail Right. Yes, we do have an email address. Yes, we do. Um, I'm the one who checks it, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, but you can find me at S. Krishna on Twitter. Uh, and I am at Run With Skizzers. Uh, you can also follow the show at Desi Geek Girls. Yeah, that's mainly um, what we do from there is just update you on the... Um, the status of when... Yeah, the status of the show, <laughs> when the next episode is coming out, that sort of thing. But um, I do check the tweets, so um, you, if you tweet us there, we will see it. Um, I guess that's, that's that's it. Uh, we will see you probably in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a pre-celebration show. I think celebration is the second week of, um, Mm -hmm. April. So we'll do a pre and post celebration shows. So So you'll get two shows in April. There'll be a lot of Star Wars. All Star Wars. I would apologize, but you know what, you knew what you were doing. I know. You guys know us. We have, we have (laughs) a thing. Okay. Our interests are wide and varied, but... Very, very We have our constant. Time. We have our constant, and that constant is Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> All right. We will see you guys next time. All right. Thanks for listening.